I bring a marriage talk into a Sunday. We have a great uh, mix of people in here and I'm excited about it. So let's just say this, for all of those who are married, man, this is a talk that's like, how can I sharpen the exact spot I'm sitting in right now with my spouse? For those who aren't married, this is a great moment to just be saying, what does it look like to have a healthy marriage? What should I be targeted? Where should I be headed for? How can I be praying for that? May we lean on God's word and glean from God's word wherever we're at that this uh, topic of marriage might be able to further us in heading towards exactly what God has called us to. Okay, that's where we're headed after. Now that said, over the weekend we were talking a lot about uh, marriage on a number of fronts and what it looks like to be able to bring uh, a care into that marriage and uh, to be able to provide into that marriage for one another. And uh, to be able to do that in a way that really honors God in the midst of it. Today is kind of a bookend to that. Today is going to be all about cherishing our spouse. And uh, in fact, Gary Thomas wrote a book called Cherish, and uh, a number of his books are out there and available. You can pick those up out there in the hallway if you want. We've got an extra book table alongside the bookstore with all of Gary Thomas's books there. One of them is Cherish, some of what we're going to be talking about today coming right out of that book, all right? So Cherish, what does it mean to cherish my spouse, and how do I go about doing that? So let's get started. Point number one, comparing love and cherish. Comparing love and cherish. Let's make sure we understand the difference. Just so we're clear, in the English word love, right, we say things like, oh man, I love this, right? I love chocolate, right? I love Portillo's cake, right? right? I love, right, we throw words out like that, and what we really mean is we have a high desire for it. In fact, maybe even a high emotional element to it. We might even hear words like this in the English culture. I have fallen in love with, and then even I have fallen out of love with. Like it's sort of this emotional condition we sit in is what our English language speaks of. Just so we're really super clear, um, that's not really what scripture talks about love as, and we're going to walk through and make it clear what love is. I love this quote um, from Gary Thomas this weekend. He said, we don't fall out of love, we fall out of repentance. We don't fall out of love, we fall out of repentance. Our heart starts to get cold towards someone when we're actually starting to embrace sin and bitterness and headed towards that. And, and uh, love really isn't a measure of feelings along the way. This other word, cherish, it's also an English word that we use, a word that means to like treasure or desire, and, and it also tends to speak to the feelings. So really in our English language, we have the word love and we have the word cherish, and they both just sort of talk about what we feel. And so now we start working off of how we feel in life. And uh, everybody just say, that's a terrible plan. That was weak. Everybody say, that's a terrible plan. It really is, man. You're like, no, serious. It's, it seems romantic and exciting to be able to have these warm, fuzzy feelings. And, and I'm great with having feelings for someone. And we'll talk a lot more about how that comes along. But it just is not about measure your feelings and then act on those. That is not the plan, all right? So... 1 Corinthians 13 gives a great passage on how to understand love, and honestly, the Song of Songs, the whole book, gives you a great understanding of how to understand the word cherish. And so we're just going to walk through just a little bit of each of those right here in this section, in this point. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4. You can turn there if you want. Uh, we're going to move pretty quickly, but you can turn there if you want. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4. And it says, 
Love is patient. We've talked about that word before. It means that you can remain under well. It means you have a pack on your back. You're holding it up. You're able to remain under and sustain it well. Love is able to see the value in holding up under the weight of. Love is patient. It means we don't snap off because we're sick of it. I can't believe you did that one more time. And then we deliver a little bit of a choice word or a tone, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. It seeks the benefit of the other person. That's what kindness means. Where you're seeking to be able to benefit the other party. So often when we work within our marriage, we actually start seeking to benefit ourselves. And in fact, anything we say is to move the room to try to benefit self. We're missing the point. Love is kind. Means we're seeking to benefit the other party. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not arrogant, it is not rude, it does not insist on its own way. Love doesn't walk in the room and say, All right, it's all about me. Love walks in the room and says, How can I care for you? It does not walk through a rude, boastful, arrogant, or just I want my way approach to life. Love is caring about the other person. It says it is not irritable or resentful. You know, if you're trying to accomplish the first part of the list that we've just walked through, you're like, fine, I'm not going to be impatient. I'm not going to be a little bit rude with my tongue. I'm not going to demand my way. Fine. Right? Have you ever heard that word before? It's never followed with a really good heart moment. You know what I'm saying? When we're like, fine, what we're really saying is, I'm resenting what I'm having to do, right? Love does not resent. True love is actually going to put us in a spot where we're giving and we're happy to give, where we're sacrificing and we're happy to make the sacrifice. Love rejoices with the truth. It stands by what God stands by. That's what that means. Love rejoices in the truth, standing by what God stands by. Love bears all, it believes all, it hopes all, it endures all. Let's just put it this way. Dude, love is tough. Love is committed. It's a huge commitment moment to say, I'm in for the rest of my life in caring for this person in the right way. I'm in. And may we stand by our love. May we make sure that our love is resoundingly tough and others-oriented. Love. That's what love is. And if you notice as we walk through just that little bit of definition in 1 Corinthians 13, you can hear it's a commitment. It's way more than a feeling, right? Never in there is it love is uh, just this warm, fuzzy feeling. It doesn't say that. It's all about the I'm engaged, I'm in, I'm committed. And the church heard this, and along the way, honestly grasping rightly from the passage, it's like love is an action word, right? Have you heard that before? Love is a verb, right? Those kinds of statements. Love is not a feeling. It's not a noun sitting in your heart somewhere. Love is this action engaged. You're going after caring for someone. And the church is right in capturing that. Love is an action word. But we've almost gone a little too far, bluntly. We're like, love is just all action. There's no emotion to it at all. And that probably misses the point as well. And so when we're talking about our marriages and firing up our marriages, we're going to talk a lot about what it means to add in that warmth, what it means to fire up that love where there's an emotional portion to it. The word is cherish, cherish. 
And uh, we're going to find a little bit of it out from the Song of Songs, and uh, you don't have to turn there, I'm going to bounce just a little bit, but cherish. It kind of adds that feeling back in as you're sacrificing for and with your spouse. And, and uh, here's a couple of phrases you could write down about cherish. Uh, it delights and it, and it has passion. Delight and passion. Cherish. It comes from Song of Songs 1-3. It says, your name is like perfume poured out. Now, if you read the Song of Songs, it's poetry. Your name is like perfume poured out. I'm just saying, guys, you might want to write this down. This will be really great to say at Chili's after service, right? <laughs> Baby, I just want to let you know, your name is like perfume poured out, right? And uh, the reality is we tend to not speak that way, especially as guys, we tend to not speak that way, but there's this massive delighting in the other person. And uh, like perfume poured out, why is he saying that? Well, perfume was an extravagance. It was something you poured on to be able to celebrate in a moment. It was making much of an event and a person in the moment. And he's like, I'm just telling you all the time, baby. I want to be saying this about you. The delights and passions. Do you delight in your spouse? That's what we need to be looking for as we head into a marriage that we're delighting in our partner. Or here's another phrase, that we're celebrating them. Celebrate your spouse. It celebrates the best in them. Song of Songs 115, it says, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Now, I'm just going to say there's times where, um, like, my wife might come out and say, what do you think of this dress? And I, you know, very wisely say it's awesome, right? And I give an honest answer back, and I'm like, well, that, that looks great, and, and, you know, yeah, do you like this better than that? And maybe I do, and maybe I don't, and I'll, I'll share a little bit, but if I were to say, baby, you look awesome in that dress, that's fine, that's great, and she's like, oh, thank you. The reality is it was almost a little bit like she just kind of had to ask for it, but when I'm sitting next to her, and I end up putting my hand on her when we're sitting at a restaurant, and I just say, you look awesome tonight. There's a whole different warmth that comes with that. And being able to share just a little bit with her. And now she's staring up at me perfectly, right? <laughs> she's like, that's true, that's true. Are you going to do that today? Right? Yeah. The reality, being able to share a little bit of the warmth of where you're at, not solicited, but being able to say, you are awesome. I'm not just talking about the physical realm, but being able to celebrate anything of that. You handled this so well. You always think through the best of the family. Like the dietary plan in our family is outrageous and you've got it all under control, baby. Right? That kind of statement. Like being able to see what they're going through and appreciate them. Ladies, being able to say, guy, you provide for me. Husband, I am in awe of how our home is protected because of you. Thank you for how good you are at fixing the sink. That is not what my wife says to me, okay? <laughs> Just so you know. But, but thank you for fixing what you fix and being able to say, right? And being able to celebrate along the way. How do you do it privately celebrating your spouse? I'm talking about not where you say it to them, but you're reviewing in your own mind how good they are. All too often we review in our own mind where they're annoying us. Why do they do that? I wouldn't have done that. What's up with that? If you walk through life reviewing what you're against, you will tend to have a more negative output from your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the 
mouth speaks. We just went through it last week, right? Take time for your heart to ponder what you appreciate so that that has more chance of coming out in the celebrate. Cherishing it. Put some warmth in the relationship. And so that's the third one, uh, cherishing. It brings warmth and heat. It sets on high this relationship. This one comes out of Ephesians 5.29. You may not know this, but in the ESV, the English Standard Version, the only time the word cherish shows up in the New Testament is Ephesians 5.29. And it says that we nourish and cherish our own flesh. right? And just like that, Christ nourishes and cherishes the church. Christ cherishes the church. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church, gave himself for her. Christ cherishes. He doesn't just love the church like in the sacrificial action and he's found a way to not be annoyed by it and resentful of it. He actually has this massively passionate position towards the church. In fact, the word chosen there for cherish in the original language, it literally means to heat up, to warm up, to place in a high position of value. Do you do that in your relationship? Are you heating up your relationship? Are you warming up your relationship? You can make a little bit of food for your family, or you can make a little bit of food for your family and make it clear that they are so important to you along the way. One of them is the action, and one of them is the action warmed up. Man, do you cherish as well as love. Think of it this way. It's really like two sides of the same coin, right? There's the love, there's the action side, and yes, go after that, but all too often we start stipulating exactly what you need to do, 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 do. But the other side of the coin is, what's the warmth going on in the home? Thank you so much for what you are and who you are and what you're doing. There was a moment my wife and I had a little bit of a talk. We were in a, in a store last week, and uh, there some things going on and it had caused things to be just a little bit more tensed. I was going through a little more emotion at the moment and there was a little bit of disagreement and, and we were trying to figure something out in the store. Have you ever had to do that? Where you're like, now we have to figure something out and we have an audience. Awesome, right? And we're trying to figure it out. And so the one thing I did is like remembering a little bit of what I've been reading and I walked up and I put my hand on top of her hand that was holding onto the cart. And I said, you matter to me. And I really want to make sure we get this figured out. But you matter to me. And I swear like ice at 50 degrees, you just watched her whole countenance just melt down and go, oh, well, then we're good. <laughs> like You don't even know what the answer is. We're fine. It's all good now, right? The reality is we can posture in a way where we're trying to get things done and we're trying to manage it right and we're trying to deal with it just as and we're trying to do it with love and I mean this to matter and I'm in with it and, but we forgot the warmth in the whole thing. Cherish your spouse. Take a little bit of time to figure out what matters to them and be able to say, you matter to me. Cherish. It's a huge deal. And I'm just telling you right now in the room, most of the ladies are like, yes. And most of the guys are like, uh-oh. <laughs> right? I mean, let's, 
figuring it out a little bit, trying to find that language and being a little bit more, it's probably a little bit more in the wheelhouse of the ladies. But what do we need to do, guys, to be able to lean in just a little bit and bring a little care? Goes both directions, both of us cherishing and valuing along the way. I just wrote this, to love my wife is to actively, sacrificially care. To love my wife, active, sacrificial care. That is love, biblically. Active, sacrificial care. To cherish my wife is to hold her dear. It's to treat her with tenderness and warmth. To hold her dear. Tenderness and warmth. So may I be acting while warming. May God get the glory as my wife is lifted up, as your husband is lifted up. And, uh, so, guys, you might be like, I'm not really a fan of the word cherish. And I'm just going to say this. Um, most of the time that I have seen the Illustrate work, it usually works for your first car, guys. Just think back to your first car, whatever it was. Mine was like a Nova that was worth 100 bucks. But the reality is I got out this new, new finished stuff and I was able to polish it up and you're spending all the time and I got all the rust off of it uh, with little bits of steel wool and making that thing look, I was spit shining, I was spending time, I was getting that bad boy looking good, man. You spend time leaning into it. The cherished part of it is like, I'm here and I'm gonna make this work no matter what it takes and we're gonna get this thing through and we're spending the extra time to go to the store and find the extra and the other thing that's needed and... This matters to me, and I'm in, and I'm pouring it in with all I've got. Being able to cherish while you love. May your spouse be cared for, and may God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen. Point number two, remember our promise. Remember our promise. This has a lot to do with vows and the vows that we take. And here's the reality. When we go to take our vows, I don't know if you noticed, like the vows that we took way back had a lot to do with uh, uh, the words, I do. That was kind of the thing back in the, probably everything up until the 90s, or early 2000s. Now when we do vows here at Summit Point, like we actually built some of the vows that we walk through. If people are willing, you know, it's a choice for them, but we ask them to walk through vows that are built on Ephesians 5. It talks about this commitment and this love for one another and this passion about each other that echoes Ephesians 5. And we ask for the, actually the response to be, I will. Not I do. I will. Like I do is, you know, like are you in? And they're like, well, right now I am. I do. Like, that's not what we're talking about. I will. Like, I am in going forward, right? Remembering the promises, making sure you remember the vows and carry them out over the course of time. I will. And remember this, our vows are centered in the fact that our God gives us a model. We are told very clearly that marriage is actually modeling Christ in the church. You go to Ephesians chapter 5. And so I'm just going to say this, Ephesians 5.25, it says, husbands love your wives, but it tells you why. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, even as, everybody say even as, Christ is your model. And in the midst of being able to walk through your marriage, remember this, guys, you've got a model, Jesus Christ, even as. And as Christ poured into us, as he gave what we needed, as he sacrificed what was going to change us, 
And that is our model for how we pour into our spouse. We love sacrificially and we pour it on. May God get the glory, even as. And may we take our vows and live them out for the rest of our days on this earth with our spouse, making good on that hope. May I be Christ to my wife. It actually says in Ephesians 5 verse 22 as it talks to the ladies, right? It says, as to the Lord. And it talks about the same structure in the church and how Christ is over the church and there's this loving relationship in the home and the husband gets to be the head of the wife and there's this connecting together in it and there's this understanding in it and allowing husband to lead in moments and as to the Lord. Don't miss it. Don't ever miss that it's ultimately about worship. And we could change the whole topic right now and start talking details of roles. We're not talking roles right now. Right now we're talking warmth. We're talking purpose. We're talking passion. We're talking worship. May God get the glory. Even as Christ. And then it says for ladies, as to the Lord. Everybody just say, as to the Lord. So here's what we're going to do with volume and loudness. Guys, say, even as Christ. Even as Christ. Louder and bigger. Even as Christ. And ladies, as to the Lord. Loud and big. As to the Lord. And now guys, even as Christ. Say it loud and big. Even as Christ. And ladies, as to the Lord. As to the Lord. And you're starting to get the gist of a marriage on fire. As we start loving and cherishing, and we're worshiping our God, and we're remembering our vows in the midst, and we're making good on them, saying, I long to love and cherish. And here's the reality. As we go through our relationship with one another, as we do care for one another, I mean, bluntly, uh, there was day one in the marriage, and then there's wherever you're at now, right? And I loved yesterday, when we, or Friday, when we had people standing up for who had been here at this conference, who had been married the shortest, who had been married the longest. We had people married up into the 30 years, 40 years, 50 plus years. Praise God for that. And uh, we're never too old to be learning what we need to be going after. And, uh, you know, uh, we have a bunch of videos at our house. And uh, all of these videos, this will date us a little bit, but we have a ton of VHS tapes, right? And then we have a ton of Super 8 tapes, and they've got videos of like me and John and then our kids, and, and as they were growing up, and the Super 8 tapes as they started getting older and older. There was a point you could tell when the iPhone came in, because we stopped taking any videos with any video camera ever. We're like, why would I? I've got a video camera in my pocket with my phone, right? And so we have just Super 8 tapes up to a point, and then everything's on the iPhone after that. And, and maybe that's going to be a really big detriment later on. I have no idea. But the reality is, I'm like, we need to get these videos so we can see them again. VHS tape. How many of you have a functional VHS player? All right, well, that's not bad. I should have called you. So <laughs> the reality is, I had to go through my VHS players and like, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. Finally found one that worked, and I started playing these. So I, got, I bought a little thing online, 60 bucks, 
And I was able to run that thing and be able to take the VHS over and record it into an MP4 and start saving these things digitally. So I saved all my VHS tapes, all my Super 8 tapes. If you need to know how, give me a call afterwards. So I got all that saved over. So I got all these MP4s now and we've got like, I forget, 35 videos, VHS videos and like 10 or 15 Super 8s and all of those saved. The first one we watched was our wedding. We sat down and we walked through the entirety of the wedding and watched it and remembered. And honestly, when you now watch the video, for us 25 plus years later, right, you now are watching the video and you're like, I forgot how wrong that went at that moment. <laughs> I forgot about that. And, and you start laughing about things and sharing about things as you're looking at my wife's sleeves from the 1990s, <laughs> right? And you got my hair where it's cut high, but it's low in the back. We're like, I'm happening, man. I'm looking cool, right? And you're, and you're looking at and you're remembering your vows and your promise. Man, may we live today in our marriage like we lived day one. And all of God's people said, may we have a passion for our spouse and cherish them along the way. All right? Point number three, adopting a new mindset. Adopting a new mindset. And, uh, we're going to take this from Romans 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. You can turn there if you want. We'll be there for a second. But Romans 12, 1 and 2, adopting a new mindset. And, uh, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Don't be conformed to this world. Like, don't let the world crush and press in on you. That word conform means to change the outside. Don't let the world press in on you and shape your actions and your thinking. Don't let the world have its effect pressing on. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't have the values of this world. Don't have the actions of this world. Don't have the shaping and changing of this world. Don't listen to what this world is selling. That's what it's saying. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That word literally means the inside being changed. It's got the word metamorphosis built into it. It's God doing a miracle work as the Holy Spirit power is pouring on and your inside is literally being shaped. Your heart is being shaped to value the things of God. There is a perfecting of your soul taking place. It says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By the renewal of your mind. Literally, he starts shaping what you think and what you value. By the renewal of your mind, your thinking process starts changing as you are worshiping your God. And he is changing your thinking process. It literally starts changing your whole heart. All of it being shaped by the glory of God. And he brings a new mindset. Just so you know, all of us, whenever you were married... Whenever you make that commitment, you're at a certain point in your growth process. And just so we're super clear, and from that point, you still have a lot of growing to do, right? You get that, right? There's still a lot of growth in the cycle of life that we need to go through. We didn't arrive at perfection just because we ended up finding somebody who'd be willing to marry us. And that process of change needs to go on. May God get the glory. And so literally... As we start handing ourselves over, we need to make sure that we're saying, Lord, shape my mindset in this marriage. I know it needs to be grown. What mindset do we need to take on? 
Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 9, actually says, My dove, my perfect one, is the only one. My dove, my perfect one, is the only one. Using words like this to be able to value your spouse. Like, I don't know if you have a nickname for your spouse, and if it's a nickname you shouldn't have, <laughs> then, then maybe you should find a good one, you know? Find a nickname that you can use for your spouse that is calling out a relationship. You know, I call my wife Babe a lot. Babe, what are, you, what are we doing here? What's going on? What's the plan here, babe? What are we doing, hon? In, in the olden days, I used to call her Honey. I used to walk in and go, hey, what's up, Honey? Right? So that kind of became a little nickname thing for a while. She actually kind of calls me that, making fun of me a little bit at times, but still calls it out tenderly. And I'm, I'm catching myself now. Tenderly. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but what is the nicknames you use for each other? My dove. Babe. Honey. Moron doesn't count in that. You get that, right? <laughs> like being able to choose names along the way to be able to care for them. And he's like, my dove, my perfect one. He's so focused on the things that are going right and that they're doing right that he's like, perfect. He's not snowed. He's not like, I'm serious. I've never seen you make a mistake. Not that, but like I'm so celebrating what's right in you that I declare you perfect. Like this is awesome what's going on. My dove, my perfect one is the only one. Seriously, like he thinks everybody else in the universe passed away and is gone and it's just him and her. No, he knows this is a metaphor, right? Is the only, you're the only one in the universe. My eyes are focused on you alone. You alone are my commitment. I'm in. I'm in. And I'm valuing you with all I've got. Being able to bring a warmth as you say, you are my only one. You are my wife. You are my husband. You are my one. I'm in. You know, there's really only one person that could have ever said, you are the one. And that's Adam and Eve, right? You go back to the beginning with Adam and Eve, and there was a point where he's like, baby, you are the only one for me. And she's like, no, duh, you know? <laughs> right by the... But the reality, this big respect for each other is he's like, look at you. You are woman. And the definition of woman came as he looked at her and saw her and celebrated all that God made her to be in all of the personality expression, in all of the difference of thinking, in all of the way the body looks and everything. This is woman. And she's like, look at man. And they're finding definition for it in their spouse. How often do we find definition outside our spouse and cast it down on them and try to make them match up? And be careful. May we value them. Literally being able to say to your husband, he is your Adam. And to your wife that she is your Eve. And see your husband as Adam. See your wife as Eve. You are my one and only. And I'm celebrating you and I'm valuing you. Being able to talk in a warmer way. Some of you are hearing this and you're like, 
man, I got to learn a little poetry or something, right? The reality is there can be a warmth to being able to talk in just a little bit lighter way in a representative way and communicate how much there's value there. May God get all the glory. You know, I just want to tell you, I'm going to be very frank with you. Um, you know, our daughters, we have two daughters, one's older, one's younger, and one's married, and the other one is getting married very soon. In fact, they've now, uh, he's gotten an apartment, Grant has an apartment, and so Alyssa's actually going over there and setting things up a lot, and she's gone a lot of the time now and comes back here and there for little bits. We were able to have them over last night for a little bit, and, and uh, you know, she obviously is still living at our house until married, but the reality is she's gone a lot more than not, and we're becoming empty nesters fast, man. And uh, we're entering a new stage, and we're learning what it is to begin to interact together like we're the only ones, and like, you're the only one. Well, that wasn't really true for a long time. We're like, you're the only one, and the kids, and all their friends, and everything we're doing with the band, right? For all of those Mortonites. My word, it's a cult. It's four years. You're like, we're hooked in. We got 150 kids. And we're hooked in with them forever and you're going everywhere with. And the reality is there's, there's so many things going on. We literally are beginning to live. You are one, my one. And it's shaping us all over again. We're learning how to do date nights better. We're learning how to pick movies that we both can stay awake through. <laughs> right? That's tough, man. I'm like, where's the action? And she's like, where's the love and the tenderness? And I'm like, I don't know. We can't, finding a movie that actually cares for both, we have to be able to work hard at it. And literally, we're trying to say, may we value each other in the midst. May we long to be able to adopt this mindset. You are my dove. You are my perfect one. You are my only one. You and I are going to spend this time together. May God get the glory. Warming it up just a little bit and finding a way to do it along the way. How are you doing with that? And last, as we jump over now to points four and five, to cherish your spouse is to showcase your spouse. To cherish your spouse is to showcase your spouse. I'm telling you, if you're going to cherish them, if you're going to have a passion for them, if you're going to be able to care for them along the way, there's going to be able to be a lifting up of them along the way. And I love this quote from the book, Cherish, to be able to showcase is to be able to allow the attention to go onto your significant other, and you're good with that. You don't walk in the room and say, it has to be about me now. You're walking in the room and saying, maybe it is right now about them, and I'm lifting them up, and I'm celebrating them, and I'm okay that others are celebrating that in them, to be able to showcase along the way. Man, that mindset of they are the one means you're willing to have them lifted up. You can think of it a lot um, in sports or various levels. We'll use the word ballet right now just to bring in the ladies as well, all right? And think of the ballet. And in those moments of ballet, you got these dudes that are ripped, man. These guys are huge. They are strong, and they're, being able, they're able to lift a lot. They're able to chuck a lot. They're able to catch along the way. And they got the ladies who are able to do spins that are ridiculous, and they're able to do whatever on tops of their toes. And there's this high celebration, and, there's, and as there's a toss out, and maybe a lady lands out in and then does whatever they do. I'm not even about to show you what they do, but does whatever <laughs> they do, right? And, it, and there's some level of celebrate in that, and the light may catch her and zoom down on her, and it is about her in that moment, and there's a celebrate of that, 
based on the plan. And the lifting up and all that went on was to be able to help showcase in it. Man, we got to make sure in our marriage that we are showcasing one another. That we are caring for one another. That there are times where you are good to take the back seat and see them be celebrated. That there are times where it might be putting you front and center. And there's a partnership in it. There's an agreement in it. And you're like, do you see what my husband is doing? Can you see? Look at this. This is awesome. And being able to celebrate that and showcase that along the way. A cherishing. It's a warming of the relationship. And we can say, I love my spouse. And we mean I have done these three things for them today, thinking of them. Are you cherishing your spouse while you're doing it? Are you showcasing your spouse while you're doing it? Are you prioritizing your spouse while you're doing it? May God get all the glory. And, uh, it's a huge deal. Last one, practice cherishing. Practice cherishing. And... Uh, I just want to get a little bit practical here, and uh, you know, you can talk in warm fuzzies, and that's great, but the reality is, like, what do I do when I go home, right? And so let's just put a little bit of practical bite to it, and uh, so top ways to not just love, but cherish your spouse. Top ways to not just love, but cherish your spouse. We're going to put it in three buckets, all right? First one, spiritually. You can spiritually cherish your spouse? Are you praying for them? Are you praying with them? Right? Are you sharing with them what you're learning in God's word or on a Sunday or whatever? To take that time spiritually to connect and pray for them, to long for God to do a work. Please hear me on this, man. To be able to spend a little bit of time praying for your spouse will shape your heart. And, and, you know, there's biases about, you know, one gender is more tendent to pray and all that. I, I, I don't know that I buy that. I'm just going to say this. Let's together in this room agree that we need to be praying for our spouse. If you're not married, to be saying, I need to be praying for my future spouse, the one that's coming, and may I be holding my life in a way that honors my God and honors them, and may I be praying for them that God walks them on a journey that brings us together in celebration. And man, if you're married, to be saying, I'm praying for my spouse today, right here, right now, I'm lifting them up. And I long to be able to share spiritually. Picture everything like a triangle. And the base of it is the spiritual. Being able to have a spiritual warmth with your spouse is so massive. To be praying with them, to be praying for them, to be sharing with them what you're learning. A spiritual warmth. You're warming it up in that area. And now moving up a level, a relational warmth to the second tier of the triangle. Having a relational warmth. And this is where you're privately celebrating them. Review in your mind the things you celebrate about them relationally. This is a private celebration. You're like, this is awesome about them. This is awesome about them. I so appreciate this about them. Practice reviewing that your heart is centering on what's going well. A relational warmth. And, uh, it's a huge deal that you go after it. And I'm just saying, find ways to laugh together. Find ways to spend time together where you both can agree on what you want to be spending time on. 
the movie choices, the dinner choices, whatever. Talk through that, right? Relational warmth. You matter to me, hon. I want to go where you want to go. And I want to go where I want to go too. And let's put it together and find a way where the two of us have become one, right? Spiritually, relationally, and then at the top, physically. Please hear me. The sexual interaction in the home, the physical interaction in the home should be a massive celebration of what else is going on well. The physical celebration is celebrating the spiritual oneness and the relational oneness and the connecting together and the caring for one another and the cherishing along the way. And so there's this physical celebration that comes along with it. And uh, There's a lot to be said about sexuality and we're not going to do that here, but I'm just going to say this. Please know this though. There is way more to touch than sexual touch. And you know every woman in here is like, amen to that, right? And, and the reality, physical touch is a big deal. And for a lot of people, physical touch is actually a love language. And being able to spend time, you might have a very special couch in your house that actually is purposely structured so that you on one side and she on the other can sit and enjoy the couch and the TV or whatever you're doing, you can enjoy together, split by miles of fabric. You know what I'm talking about? There might be a moment where you need to say, time to be a little less comfortable and a little bit more relational and warm and touching along the way. In fact, I wasn't really thinking that way and we were watching one of those movies we had agreed to watch and my wife all of a sudden jumped over to the other side of the couch and scooted up close and grabbed my arm and was leaning onto me and said, here we go, right? And I'm like, we bought a whole couch. <laughs> but, but, but the reality is it did, it warmed us up together as I put my arm around her and it, made, it allowed us to talk and whisper about things we were watching in the movie. Not that anybody else is going to be disrupted, but it warms it up. It's a, absolutely important. There have been moments where I walk up to her and I actually, I know this now, I've learned this. If I walk up and I just touch from elbow down to wrist and as I'm talking to her, that's all I do. And I just say, hey, what do you think of? And I walk away, her eyes glass up like they just did now. Like, they just kind of tear up a little bit, like, this is heaven, right? It's a big deal. Just know what the language is that says you matter. I desire to cherish you. You are important. You are awesome. That's it. Yes, love. Absolutely. And it's not that love is somehow demoted. It's let's make sure we understand what real biblical love is. The other side of the coin is cherish. As we bring this warmth to the relationship and we celebrate what God has given us and all of God's people said, may God get all the glory. Let's pray. 